live here on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. Really happy to have Monica Loriola joining Jerry Mancini and I. Uh, she hosts a great show, the Rejuvenation Show, which is like spelled like Rejuvenation. I, I don't often give Juventini credit, Monica, but I think that's a really, really clever pun you came up with there. And, you know, Monica has reason to smile. You know, Jerry, maybe not as much because Juventus did take a three to one decision over Lazio over the weekend. Monica, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Um, thanks for having me. Um, it's, I guess it's a decent week to, to be on with uh, Jerry, be, considering the win, uh, but not so not so great on your side of things. Um, Inter picking up a, a massive win um, and the clock is uh, – is tuning down to I, I think Conte said uh, 13 more finals to the yeah. Scudetto, and uh, they ticked another box. So uh, not not feeling so confident in uh, in our hopes. I love how we had a uh, you know a, a group chat like preparing for the episode before and, uh, and and before the match. And I get I'm sure you guys all get nervous before matches. Anytime there's like a big inter game, especially when you feel pressure of. Scudetto, you know, uh, aspirations. So I know Monica has been down that road many times, but I, I get very nervous before a match, especially a big one like Atalanta. And Monica was saying in the chat, oh, wouldn't it be a lot of fun for the episode if Inter lose to I'm like, no, you're trying to get yourself booted from the episode? You're trying to get yourself kicked off the episode? <laughs> it was gonna. Uh, it was a handicap. Uh, Jerry wanted uh, – Jerry was really passionate about uh, Gasparini losing – and uh, so I felt like I was going to get handicapped either way, but. Uh... Sure, I fucking hate the guy. He's a loser, man. He's, he's a piece of shit. Did you see the celebration after the game by Inter? It was awesome. It, it, I, I love how every team that beats Atalanta and Gasparini go like all out celebration, like as if they had just won a Scudetto for real that day or, or, or a trophy. Beating Gasparini is. Uh, I think a lot of teams really cherish it, cherish it because of how ignorant he is and how stubborn and how the personality of him is. It's just he's a negative person, and I and I know that he's very tactically smart and has made Atalanta much better. But I look at the other side of who he is and how he dances on the pitch against Milan. I'll never forget I that. I to ask you. Uh... When did it really turn against Gasparini, like public opinion, okay? Because a lot of Interisti, like myself, have disliked the bum for a few years, right? Because he he always has nasty shit to say about Inter ever since, uh, you know, he got sacked. He's, he's never been nice. So a, a lot of Inter supporters have disliked the guy for a long time. But it, it seemed like for a couple of years when Atalanta were just a lovable underdog, oh, they qualified for Champions League, they play beautiful football, they can score – five or six goals in a match, no problem. Like, Gasparini got really popular. I have my theory on when it turned, and I think, Jerry, you touched on it there. I think he started to lose the Italian public outside of – because Atalanta supporters, I'm sure, still like the guy because he gets results, right? But I think he started to lose the support of the public when he did his little dancing on on the side, on the touchline after beating Milan 5-0 last year. I think a lot of people just thought this guy's a little bit of an arrogant prick. Like, it started to – come out that way and then I don't know if people still remember this or but I, I can remember that story about how you know about how like this was right after you know the pandemic was starting and they were playing I think against uh Sevilla or, or Valencia I think against Valencia in Champions League 
And he was like, oh, yeah, well, I, I knew I was sick, but, you know, I still traveled or whatever. I had all these symptoms. And it's like, well, no, I mean, you, you may have spread it to people because then he found out later, a couple months later, he had the antibodies test and it turns out he had it. It's like, oh, well, you knew you had something and you still traveled. I think that turned a lot of people off. But what do you think it was? Uh, Monica, do you have any theories on that? Because it seems like uh, Gasparini is no longer very well liked outside of Atalanta circles, whereas I think about a year ago at this time, he was he was pretty beloved by many. I don't know. I like I can't pinpoint a time. I I'll be honest. Like I haven't really paid too much attention to it. I know though. However, like a lot of the the talk about um, him versus like Papu Gomez, I, I feel like has con contributed this season uh, even more so. And like you see him like um, kind of lose the locker room a bit with Ilicic as well. So it looks like he's very, you know, set in his ways and, and dominant. It's like, if you don't, if you don't kind of go with my way, like take the highway. Right. Um, so I can see it, you know, falling off a little bit there, but just as a general statement, I feel like people are hated when they start winning. Um, and like, that's why everyone hates Juventus. Right. And like, <laughs> we'll make, we'll make every theory in the book, you know, to, to discredit winners. Right. Um, so you know, as like no one was talking about Gasparini or Atalanta, you know, up until now they're like consistently winning and consistently at the top. Um, so, I mean, that could be just another general reason. That's true. I mean, Jerry, you've hated Gas, I think, longer than anybody, right? I, mean, I, I can remember, you know, you talking uh, a little over a year ago at this time. Oh, I hate that guy. What what, what a clown. Like, when do you think it was? Because I think you were ahead of the curve, right? When do you think it was that a lot of other Calcio fans started to turn on him? When he lost to Lazio in the Coppa Italia finals. And he was just so, like, adamant on Basso's having that handballed. And he was ungrateful for Inzaghi winning the, uh, the Coppa Italia. And he still is ignorant and, and bitter about it because he had some uh, comments to say after their uh, loss earlier, uh, the second leg of uh, Serie A this season. So I, I forgot what he said, but they weren't uh, – I think he, he was upset that they were cheering after the game or whatever it may have been. But um, this guy has excuses after excuses. That's all. He's never – He's a he's ignorant. That, that's all I can say. Like it's his, his personality. His his. I don't know. Like when he did that thing with Milan last season, and that really was the ticking point of who he kind of is. And I don't know how a guy such as him. I understand. Like he's taking Atalanta to another level, and they're they're ex successful at a certain point, but. They haven't achieved anything, so I don't understand why we are so crazy about Atalanta, who haven't won a Scudetto, who haven't won a Coppa Italia, who haven't won Jack Squad, and probably won't even win the Coppa Italia this season because I really feel that Juventus will beat them. And for me, it's just—it's nice that you made the Champions League, but you haven't accomplished anything yet. It's, it's like how Milan have went on a beating streak for like twenty-five games. And it's like they they won the non-imaginary Scudetto. They won they won the first half of the season, and all that could be going down the drain if they don't finish in a top four spot now. Yeah, I mean so, it's, the, like, it's it's the worst goddamn time to go on a twenty-five match unbeaten streak, right? Because they for for the second half of last year, or at least after the pandemic, they collected the most points in Serie A. Then for like the first uh, you know. 
22 match days of the following season, they collect the most points in Serie A. So it's like, if you add that together, that's a Scudetto season. The problem is it's half a season here, half a season there. No, exactly. So uh, I, Milan's a whole different ball game, obviously, because it, it would be really disappointing if they didn't achieve anything this year and they, don't, they go back to the Europa League, which is possible because there's still a lot of games left to be played. So I think their win was massive, though, against Verona. I, I, was, I, I really thought that was going to be a draw or a loss. I think that was really critical for them to get that, to get that win. They looked really good. Well, they have uh, – who do they have next Sunday? Is it Napoli that they play yeah. next Sunday? And that comes off playing Manchester United on Thursday. So, And then they have to go back to play Manchester United next week. So now it's really a big test. I think um, it will be interesting without so many key players in the lineup. So I think th- we're going to see w- – the, the the actual depth of the squad, the character, if they can actually pull through. But they they oh. have been they have been throughout, right? Like they've been in the Europa League this entire time, and you know, pretty much, Ibra has missed like what half a season at least so far with between COVID and his injury. And you know, everyone thought, okay, now is the time that they're gonna that they're gonna dip uh, and come down to earth. And you know, they did here and there, but. I, I think they they're overachieving with with their squad, but um, I, I feel like we need to give them credit for you know they 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 were missing a lot of players at one point. I think it was in and around the time where Juve played them, um, and besides the Juve game, they still were able to get some key results. Um, and you know this is why I I wish Inter was in the Europa League, um, but I mean that's another story. Um, yeah, I, I really of, don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I, I, I actually, I would love to still be in Champions League. Like, I know that there are some in Tunisia that are like, oh, you know, thank God we have, we have no competitions outside of outside of uh, no. Serie A. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Europa League, it is what it is. It's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of fun. They did almost win it last year, but also they got to do the knockout stages mostly after the season, so they only had the one competition to focus on. Uh, you know, Europa, I don't want to sound like too much of a snob, but, uh, you know, Europa League is what it is. I would love to still be in Champions League, though, is where I'd love to be. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would, would not want to be in Champions League. Uh, Farage asks, question, guys, why everyone talking about Inter is out of Europa and Copa as an advantage while Inter playing the same games as Juve and same as Milan? Well, I mean... You know, it's well. They're not playing as many games, though. Like they're they're playing the same matchups in Serie A, um, but they're you know, it, it, it's especially for a coach like Conte, um, he is probably the best in the world when he has a full week to prepare for an opponent. I mean, he is absolutely lethal when he can focus on one opponent because a lot of uh, cerebral game planning goes into Conte's approach. And so when you take away the midweek game, uh, yeah, there, there is certainly a benefit to the squad. You know, you don't have to rotate as much. You know, he did rotate uh, Arturo Vidal in today, which was nearly a disaster. But you don't have to rotate nearly as much, uh, and and your squad is is less fatigued. So it's definitely an advantage. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I, I would certainly hope that if Inter are able to, and there's still a lot of football left to play. I'm not I'm not crowning, you know, Scudetto champion like some people might be on social media. There's still a lot of football left to play. There's plenty of time to choke, right? But if they do win a Scudetto, you know, I, I hope it's not, you know, rival fans are like, well, does it really count because they're out of Europe? I mean, we've we've seen it happen before. I mean, Conte's first uh, Juventus side as well, they had that advantage. 
so I want to get in uh, to uh, the match today, Inter over Atalanta. And of course, in honor of the two of you, after that, I want to get into Juventus's win over Lazio. So Jerry Gasparini was not dancing today. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to rely on the two of you for more of an in-depth breakdown because this is one of those. You, you know that I hate the midweek or during the week matches because I have to watch it kind of side-eyed uh, when I'm when I'm at work. So I'm I'm like freaking out and I can't focus on anything, Jerry. Like I'm wearing my lucky inter mask. I'm having heart palpitations. Um, you know, some, sometimes sometimes having a, a, a solid defense can be more valuable, you know, than playing beautiful football because Inter certainly did not play beautiful football today, uh, but they were very effective defensively. If you if you had told me before this game uh, that one of these two teams would keep a clean sheet, I, I'd say you're crazy. You know, you have the two highest scoring attacks in Serie A. I think it is worth noting that lately um, it seems like a lot of the Inter-Atalanta uh, matchups over the last couple of years have been very low scoring, so maybe this shouldn't have surprised me. I can remember... You know, a couple one ones maybe mixed in with a one nil. So you know, sometimes you have you know the two top scoring attacks, and and maybe they'll play a little bit more cagey defensively. I thought Milan Skriniar was unbelievable today, defensively and scoring the goal, which turned out to be the difference. Uh, Handanovic had a big save in the first half, and uh, and we were we were talking, Jerry. You can elaborate on this that you know when it comes to uh, to what Atalanta did well. Robin Gosens had a great match because he basically uh, negated Ashraf Hakimi, Hakimi on Inter's mm-hmm. right wing. So that was a really impressive performance by him. No, absolutely. And, and I think you're wrong about not being like being surprised about having a clean sheet today because I was looking at the stats and in the last four games, this is their third clean sheet alone. And prior to that, they have, they've had multiple more. And this is a back end that has been really difficult to break down. I think that Lazio were the first team to score on them on X amount of minutes, which was like a long stretch. And um, the back line of Skriniar, De Vrij, and Bastoni have really been one of the best back lines in all of Serie A that have been hard to break down. Uh, Skriniar is showing that he can play in a back three or a back four now. I know a lot of people wanted this guy out last season, and all of a sudden he's turned his season around and has been probably Inter's probably most reliable defender, actually ahead of DeVry or uh, or Bastoni. I know that Bastoni has really flourished and has really stepped up his game at such a young age, but with Skriniar, he is a more mature player. He has become more of a leader on and off the pitch. And today, another game where he steps up and scores a pivotal goal. And we, we talked about this, I think, on the last pod where I mentioned about how he scored against um, Roma earlier mm-hmm. in the year. And he scored that tying goal with like five minutes left. And today, he scores another opportunistic goal off a free kick. And it was the only chance, I think, that Inter had all of second half. Yeah, it, it was the only shot on goal, that's for sure. I mean, um, Lukaku had a, a great scoring chance. Couldn't get the shot away, though. He wasn't great today. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was uh, they, that was their chance, the screen yard chance, and they capitalized. Yeah, so for me, it's 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 an inter side who is being very – who's taking advantage of their limited opportunities. And as soon as they do that, they went right into defensive mode. And, I, and for me – 
it, it's kind of risky because we saw them do that against Roma and it backfired. But today it really didn't backfire. And, you know, a credit to Conte because he was very vocal on the sideline, very like just communicating what he expected from his team. And they, they, they responded at the end of the day. Atalanta, you know what? Possession is, is a useless stat to me. I hate it. I think it's irrelevant. And today was another example of how I don't know the possession rate of what it was in the second half, but um, I would say probably 90 to 10% for Atalanta, if I had to guess, for how much of possession they had in the final third for versus uh, Enter. And all their chances came from outside the box. Um, Duvon Zapata's shot missed probably a few feet wide with the shot from the left side. Um, the only shot that really tested screen yarn he was ready was in the first half. And I think it was off a set piece. But other than that, screen yarn didn't really have to do anything to, to basically, um, what do you, what do you call it? To, he wasn't really tested. And so credit to, to enter to, to taking out their best players and like you said before, Gosens did a really good job of taking out Hakimi. Like, absolutely dispossessed. And he he went toe-for-toe and showed that he can keep up with his pace, and which was really effective because had he been on his game, I think that there would have been more chances out wide. And they didn't get enough crosses into the box to really create any chances. And a lot of the play went down the middle. And I feel that as Atalanta really pressed high, it, it really made them. It, made, it really made it difficult to break their back line because you knew what they were going to do. So overall, it, it was a it was a chess match, probably you, you could say. Well said. Uh, what did you take from the match, Monica? I thought you made uh, some good points uh, on Twitter about kind of what a what a Juventino can take away from it, knowing that. You know, sometimes it, it's better to be effective than to look good, right? It, it, it's better to, to grind out a result than to look good, you know, dropping points. Well, I'm all for ugly FC. Um, you know, <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want that. Like, first of all, that's like Juventus's, like, tradition, number one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, we're definitely not good enough to move away from this with this current team. So I don't understand why... I mean, I saw like things on Twitter like Inter was, were being cowards, like playing like this, and I'm just like, and th- these are Juve fans. I'm just like, dude, we've played like this for nine seasons, nine in a row. Like, I really don't understand that notion. And like Allegri telling his fans they should go to the circus if they want entertainment. If you want to have fun, you should go to the circus. I like that. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly how I feel about about this season and like you know a lot of talk on twitter because our midfield is is not even close to inter's midfield and they're and they're doing it this way because like conte's tactics are limited and i think everyone knows that um and that's why he's not not successful outside of one competition at a time um especially in europe because you know this europe european soccer like doesn't doesn't favor this type of play gameplay um in the in the champions league but you know to win a league and a league that's like as tactical as Serie A, 
you can't play like you're not in the EPL like trying to be Manchester City. First of all, you don't have like 50,000 weapons coming off the bench to try to break a team down and just dangle away uh, walking the ball into the net. Like we're not that team. So, you know, like Inter sat back against Parma. Parma. And and they won 2-1. And like they're just lethal on the on the counterattack. And the best the best parts of Juventus this season have been on the counterattack. Mm-hmm. Against Lazio, every goal we scored was against the run of play. Like we didn't we like we didn't create when we were just like hitting the ball around and you know trying to find an opening. So, you know, I really give credit to to Inter and I wish like Juve was playing this type of football. Yeah, you know, when you talk about the whole possession FC thing, it's just to me it's like teams that try to change their identity to that and I know that Juve has been trying to do that. It's why they brought in Sadi last year and obviously that didn't work out for other reasons, but they wanted to change their identity to being more of a, a possession-based champagne football type of organization and like these are things you do when you're trying to i think expand your brand more globally obviously juventus is a very recognizable brand but when people think about beautiful football you know they think historically maybe not as much this season but they they think historically about teams like barcelona and real madrid and then you look at what man city have been doing the last few years and and i think that it's just been it's been kind of a weird thing for juventus for the past three or four years and i really kind of I think the project started when they bought Ronaldo, which was obviously a very flashy signing. But I think that's when, that's when, uh, when the board thought, you know what, like we keep winning Serie A, but we're not really growing internationally as a club. The next way we can do that is to start making a, a Galacticos type of signing, bringing in Cristiano, and then you know we're going to bring in coaches. Like you know, I think it's no secret that Juve have, have made some runs at Pep Guardiola that they would have loved to have brought in. he'll never he'll never come we don't have we don't have checks like like manchester city to throw at yeah how many how many how much money has they have they spent on center backs alone at manchester city (laughs) yeah that's like (laughs) like there's no way that guy's gonna come to you no way no way ever yeah how can you you, and you have everything tied up with one player regardless regardless of ronaldo he wouldn't come there's no way we can meet all of his financial needs this guy like buys anyone he he wants whenever he wants like there's no way we can oil money. we've never we've yeah we've never oh, been that money. listen there's one guy on our team who can play this type of football and it's arthur that's it he's the only guy who can play this type of football that everyone wants to see and that's not good enough for one guy to to be comfortable with this with this approach i'm not even sold on him I haven't seen enough to, to, to be convinced about him. Like, I know that he's been okay in the sample size, but I don't know if he's that guy who will take this team to the next level too. No, no, no. That's not what I meant, though. I meant, like, he gives the ball away and wants it right back. Gives mm-hmm. the ball away and wants it right uh, back. This is the po- the possession type of player he is, you know? He looks like a bar- prime Barcelona, like, type of player, you know, in the midfield with Iniesta, you know, those guys who – you know, pass it right back, pass it right, and that's like like what they're trying to do. But you can't do that with Bentancourt and and guys like that. Like you just can't. Yeah, not no, to no. cut you off, but it just gets me a little heated. I well, I I, I just don't like. I just think Ronaldo has really ruined this team. Um, you know, I, it's nice that he got you a Scudetto. 
It's nice that he got you a Super Copa Italiano. That's great, man. But guess what? This team did that before he even arrived. He came to win Champions League. Yeah, and he fucking made them worse in Champions League. Let's be honest. Like you, anybody who thinks they're not, that they're better in Champions League, out of their mind. Because the last four seasons they made twice in the finals. They have beaten some really good teams. They beat Real Madrid without freaking Ronaldo, okay? And you lose to Ajax in the quarterfinals with a shambolic freaking performance. You look like shit against Lyon. Um, Here's the problem. Let's pass the ball to Ronaldo because if he doesn't get the ball, we're going to shit our pants because we're all scared because he has to get his goals and he has to pad his stats. That's what it is. If he doesn't get his his goals and his stats, he's not happy. Look how good they played against Lazio on Saturday. I was so mad that Ronaldo was out of the lineup. <laughs> this is bullshit, they said. Because of all times that he didn't have to play was against Lazio, okay? And what happens? Alvaro Morata scores a brace. He looks confident. He goes towards the net and doesn't look scared. Like, come on, man. Hey, listen, Art, Art makes a good point, Jerry. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The ball didn't go to him. Exactly. Hold on. Hold on. Well, why would you not want the ball to go to him? Why? Because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen is he's going to score. Let me give you the real problem. And for those who are just listening, for those who are just listening, Art sent in the comment, CR7 has scored Juventus last, like, I guess it's an estimate, 10 goals in knockout play. But here's the thing, Jerry. The Ronaldo problem isn't Ronaldo on the pitch. The Ronaldo problem is all the resources he's taken away from the rest of the team. So the Ronaldo problem is, like, he's not a bad player. I don't think he's We're not getting worse worse because of Ronaldo. The squad worse because he's got all the money. Yeah. No, I I, I don't agree, man. Yeah, no. That's what I – that was my next point. Ronaldo doesn't make our team worse. Him as a player does not make what what is the argument of all of his success in Real Madrid then? What he, is that? What is the how, same argument? Look what he look what he played with. Look at that midfield. Exactly though. Exactly. That's the point. They had the best he, midfield. In, look what in he all had of around him. Exactly though. That's the point that we've just made, right? <laughs> that team no, was I, that team was good because of the other players and not him. That team was also bad because of him as well, because he didn't want to play defense. He didn't want to track back. He caused so Messi he doesn't ruined, play he defense. ruined Gareth Bale. He Messi ruined doesn't Gareth play defense. Bale. He ruined though. Benzema. Gareth Bale's injuries ruined Gareth Bale. Yeah. This guy like, didn't even care about Real Madrid, Gareth Bale. Golf came first. Golf, yeah, Wales, then, uh, then whatever the order is. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want Ronaldo on my team personally. Well, no, listen, like, um, like Jerry, the thing is, like, like you're you're half right. You just you took it too far because, and I want Monica's opinion on this because Jerry, you and I, and and Daniel Lucci have talked about this before. How um, I, I think if they can at the end of this season, otherwise his contract is up. I think the season after this one, moving on from Ronaldo, I think is the right thing to do because you get all those fucking wages off the books. Like, think about. He, even if you don't sell him for a transfer fee, even if somebody's just taking the wages, I mean, 60 million, over 60 million euros gross per season, 30 million net, like just getting that salary off the books would give Juventus so many opportunities. Like, actually, I hope he stays there for another year, if I'm being honest. But just if, if they can get his wages off the books this summer, 
than just the money you're saving. You can reinvest that in the squad. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, Monica, is that what you want to happen? Like, do you want CR7 for another season or, or would you like to move on if, if given the chance? I mean, it's hard to say no to, to Ronaldo. Like, I, I get what you mean. Um because I, I really do feel like, you know, all of our eggs are in his basket. And I, I think it really depends on, you know, if Juve, if Juve don't make the top four, that's a, just a disaster. Disaster, Ronaldo's gone. And we're not going to, like, it's just going to be the same as this season. We're not going to get any any players. Like, no, first of all, no one's going to want to come to a Europa League team. And, you know, you're not going to have money to, to do that anyway. Um, and as far as we go in the Champions League, like you're getting money every round and, you know, every lit, I feel like, you know, I'm not a financial advisor or fi finance person in any means. And I don't know about you best finances pretty much at all, but I do know that the further you go in the Champions League, you get more money and that COVID really screwed every team. Uh, and no one saw that coming and there's no income from the stadiums, season tickets, this and that. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, it really depends on how on how the season pans out for Juve. Um, it's hard to it's hard to imagine, uh, you know, being like this another for another season because your wages are tied up in one player. Um, so I guess you know I'm still indifferent about it. Um, it. It's just hard to to say you know I want Ronaldo gone because I think if you you know put the right pieces the team will, will be better and he'll be, you know, he'll score. Like he's, he makes chances for himself okay. like to begin with. So know? he makes chances for himself, but it, it being an elite player, a superstar, and you want to be the leader of this team. Does he make players around him better? He's got to stop taking those free kicks straight. Yeah, that's one thing wall he needs to time. stop doing. But, does, no, does, but I'm saying, does I'm he saying make he, his team better? Does listen, he make I'm his saying, team better? I'm saying Does he, he make his team better. You have to answer that question. It's sure, not a fair. It's not a fair assessment when you have How? when you have bombs everywhere around him. It doesn't matter. Your job. You are a superstar. You've won all these trophies. You're an elite player. You got to figure out making thirty million a year. How do I make players around me better? But that's Just the same. Well. That's the same argument with Messi, though. Barcelona is the worst makes, they've Messi ever makes looked better. this season. Messi makes players better. Then why better. are they so goddamn bad this season? It's one bad season. He's been with that team for <laughs> 24 years. What, 24 years? What has it been? How, uh, I, I lost count. Long. I mean, since like uh, probably 20? like 16 years maybe. And he's, since 18 years. And he's always been consistent with that team. Even last year when they weren't even that good, he still carried them and made team players around him better. That's the difference. He's a team player. Ronaldo's not a team player. And that's why they've been declined in, in the Champions League. <laughs> Lucci says, enough of this, Monica. Wake up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. With, me and Lucci had a conversation offline about this. Okay? Yeah, but he also thinks Bernardeschi is good. So his opinion doesn't I think doesn't so, matter. too. I do agree with him that Bernardeschi is good. Absolutely oh, agree. Why? Why he looked great on Saturday? I think yeah, because that... no one attacked his side at all. Milinkovic Savage didn't even attack his side. He was he was more towards the the left side, and there was no Lazzetti to even test Bernardeschi. Come on, I, I come don't, on. I, I think well, that and, and you know what? Hold on. Since, since uh, yeah, this is a good segue into the Juventus match, three to one over Lazio. Uh, you know, J now Jerry, Jerry, even he told me. 
before the game because he, he knows I bet on a lot of games. He told me to bet on Juventus. I didn't only because I'm such a degenerate. I had already spent all my money betting on the UFC fights that night. My account was completely empty. But I, I wish I, I wish I'd listened to Jerry's advice. So uh, I mean, Jerry, you obviously uh, and and you are the biggest Lazio supporter I know. I don't want anyone to test uh, your fandom in that club because you are you are Lazio <laughs> number one. But you weren't all that confident in the match leading into it. Did it play out the way you expected? Um, you know what? When Korea got the opening goal, I thought that they had the momentum, the confidence. But as the game progressed, so did the Juventus. And um, you can say maybe that Pepe Arena should have made, maybe done a better job cutting down the angle and not giving Rabiot that goal right before halftime. And far too often, Lazio gives teams one chance and they always take advantage and that's basically what happened. Um, yeah, I don't know about that, but anyways. Uh, uh, but uh, Farage said that Bernardeschi is so bad, he makes Candreva look like prime Ronaldo. Listen, um, I, I call him Candrevino for a reason. I think it's it's more of Juventus being opportunistic and capitalizing on their chances, and Lazio really not making the most of when their chances came. A counterattack, reversing into a counterattack against Lazio should never have happened. Um, you got Mohamed Fares deciding to pass the ball to Patrick when he has three better options, I, I was going to say. I think Luis Alberto on the wing. He had Joaquin Correa. I think Alberto, I think Mobile was up there. Everyone was up there, and we would give it to Patrick. Patrick passes it back to Escalante. The bad header back to him. He freaking, like, swings in a miss kind of freaking kick and it goes into a counterattack. And then everybody blames Wesley Hoot because he's too high, which I don't agree because everyone's out of position now. And that counterattack should never have happened in the first place. So, and then the penalty on Milinkovic-Savic, it's unfortunate. He gets his leg in there, but um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Monica's right. They do need a midfielder, and uh, that's what happens when you spend all your fucking. By the way, I'm I'm, fre- I'm freaking cracking up. Look, look really. Oh, okay, I guess it's a microphone. I thought it was something else. I'm like, look really closely at Art at Art Morelli's avatar. Uh, for a second, I thought that was something else being held in front of the mouth. But I think it's sorry about my dirty mind. I think it's a microphone. I when I saw that two minutes ago, I'm like cracking up. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But, so. Um, I, I don't agree. If Lazio doesn't qualify for Euro for uh, Europe, they'll probably most likely qualify for Europa, and they don't need to sell MSMS because they're not losing 200 million, 100 million like Roma, Milan, and Juventus. They're not in debt like Inter as well. Like these teams. Would you want to leave though? If they're not in yes. Europe, would SMS say, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, can play in Champions I think League. I don't. I think he'll stay one more season, see how it goes. He just actually renewed his contract till twenty twenty four. So yeah, but that and, doesn't mean anything in the modern sports. Uh, when it comes to Lotito, yes, it does because um, Lotito will not sell him for less than what he values him for. So if he's expecting ninety million in a pandemic era and he's not getting ninety million, he's gonna say, "Go after yourself. You're not getting nothing from me," because that's how Lotito is. Whatever he values, he wants. He doesn't get it. He doesn't have to. Like, you know, they only took a loss of fifteen million, I think, last year. That is ridiculously amazing. Wow. For, for a yeah. team that doesn't really have any sponsorship, who doesn't spend nearly the same as other teams, but 
still continue to be competitive and try to be within the top six, I'd say, which is pretty uh, remarkable. So, you know what? They're only seven points back at Roma for fourth place. Uh, they have a game in hand, so the season's very long. I, I found them. I would just tank it. Don't even freaking show up to the Champions League game against Bayern Munich. Wave the flag. Do what you got to do. You don't think they can get that 4-0 win or 5-0, whatever they need? <laughs> uh, and I'll, for, I, I don't think SMS is overhyped. I think that uh, he's probably – Top two midfielder, uh, debatable with Barella. I, I sometimes think that Barella is much better than SMS, and then some days I think that SMS is better than Barella. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's overhyped because I mean I think no. there was there was one season where he didn't play that great. I think it was 2018, 2019. Yeah. But outside of that, like uh, like for for four of the last five years, he's been incredible. Like he's been one of the top three or four, if not better, uh, midfielders in Italy. So I don't I don't think we can say he's overrated. Like, if we'd seen it maybe like a flash for one season, then okay, maybe. But I, I've seen like four great seasons out of this guy. I think a lot of people were criticizing him because he had asked to get subbed off late in the uh, second half. And some people took it personal, thinking that it was a poor attitude from him, that – he was a sore loser and just wanted to come off the pitch. But um, I think it was more fatigue, and he has re reached the level where he needs a break. He has only missed one game since the start of November. I think that's insane. He's played up to like 2,600 minutes this season. Um, I think he's the only player on Lazio who's probably almost appeared in every single game. So he's had to take on a very heavy responsibility. The only team I see him going to if he were to leave was Real, is Real Madrid because that is his dream team that he has mentioned that he wants to play for. He won't go to Juve because Latito and Agnelli, they have they don't get along and there is a history now because of, of a deal that didn't go through and Latito was very disappointed of what ha happened. I don't know the whole story, but um, once you're in Latito's bad books, the price – just doubled and it's going to be very hard to deal with him. So, but what do you think? Cause, uh, cause I, I think that uh, Farage is asking like, if, if maybe he's one of those players that just really fits in well, not only with the system at Lazio, mm -hmm. but also with the size of the club. Right. Cause I, I know that like a, a guy like Cheeto Immobile, very much at home at Lazio. I think he's realized, like, I don't need to have aspirations to go to, like, a, you know, a European powerhouse. Like, I'm at home here. I'm at my best here. Um, I, I don't I don't know if, if I would feel this way about SMS, but I, I want your opinion, Jerry, because I think Farage is asking, like, if he were to make a move to a massive club like a Real Madrid, would he be the type that, that maybe takes a step back, gets lost in the shuffle, or do you think SMS could go to a club like that and thrive? Oh man, it, it's that's difficult because I've never seen him play for a big club. So that that is a the million dollar question. He's I think he what, came from the Belgium league. Um, all the teams he's played for have been mid, maybe mid table teams. You want to say modest club league? So that's uh, I think the two questions is can he can he bring his game to the next level? Which at times I've seen him been able to do. And at times, I haven't seen the same level you would hope. And it also depends on the manager. 
because a guy like Simone Inzaghi has really strived to get the best out of his players. Um, Luis Alberto, Lucas Leva, Chiro Immobile, uh, Acherbi, these guys came to Lazio on a very decline in their career. And a lot of people say that Cherby was really good at Sassuolo. I, I don't know too much because I didn't watch him with Sassuolo but, uh, on a regular basis. But think about how these guys and how they have went through a negative time in their career prior to joining Lazio, and, and they took these players on a low cost but high risk reward, like high reward in, in, the, in, in the sense. And Inzaghi has basically resurrected these players and basically ha- – have uh, been much better with Lazio. I think Leva has been really good since uh, Lucas Biglia left Lazio and we sold that bum for 18 million and did nothing for Milan for three years. So we'll just keep it like that. But um, you can think that Leva sucks, but he didn't cost 20 million like you guys are doing. Buying Rabiot for 60 million, say, uh, I don't know. Well, Wasn't he a free transfer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Free transfer. Wait, okay. hold on, hold on, hold Free on. Transfer. How much we, is we've done some stupid million. things, but sixty million for Rabio, we have not done. <laughs> his wages are still ludicrous, though. What is it? Seven yeah, and a half, his, seven million. His wages are, yeah. are, are insane. Seven, seven mil. Wages are in, insane. So yeah. the reason why his wages are so high is because they didn't pay the the the, 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 the fee. That's why it's so stupid. But anyways, another dumb signing. But that's Paratici for you, genius guy. But um. You guys spend so much money on all these midfielders, and Luis Alberto, seven million dollars he costs, seven million transfer fee, and look what he's become. Okay, that is a that's, that's where I don't know how Juventus has gone wrong. They think that spending 40 million, 50 million, whatever it may be, that you've bought. I think the only player that, other than Ronaldo, you guys bought that have been like two players, I'll say, Delit. And Kiesa have been the only big money signings that have really panned out, in my opinion, for this team in the last three years. By the way, can yeah. we talk about Kiesa? Because that, that that kid, that kid is magic. And I, uh, I, I, when he was at Fiorentina, um, and and obviously it seems it was more of a Fiorentina problem than a Kiesa problem. Drove me crazy watching him. Uh, no, no end product, right? I mean, he he could. Uh, he was very fast, athletic, could dribble all over the place on the right wing, and then shot was awful. Couldn't score. Would all would often you know fail at making the final pass. And every time you you breathed on that guy when he was in the box, he would go down looking for a penalty. I, I just I could not stand Chiesa, and uh, and I, I got to admit he's been really good at Juventus. Do Do you think Monica? It's more of a matter of did you just have to take Chiesa away from inferior talent to make him better or is, cause he's very young still. I mean, or what is he like 23 years old, maybe 22, 23, or do you think he's just still growing and becoming a better footballer? I think it's a mix of a mix of both. Um, I mean, Fiorentina has managed to, to make uh Ribéry look like he doesn't even know what he's doing anymore. And, you know, uh, guys like Ribéry, they're they're class no matter what. You know, I know they age and stuff, but um, that guy, you know, is a world was a world class player. Fiorentina, you know, they they make a lot of a lot of moves, and you know, guys like Castrovilli and and Vlahovic, and um, and I think they brought in like uh, Polgar, and 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 they have Malinkovic. Like they have a decent team, and they just still look awful. Like they have a a, de- a decent set of uh, set of guys. So, you know, I, I was with you there on, on Chiesa at Fiorentina. I, 
I, you know, I would point out like this guy can't finish and he's right in front of the net. Um, but you know, it is easier. I feel when you, when you have a better set of players, but there was one thing that, you know, you can look at this guy and say, you know, his mentality is there no matter, no matter where he was. And he was always working hard at least, um, even for Italy and, and Fiorentina. So I think like when you're around guys like, uh, like Ronaldo and just champions in general, like, you know, Chiellini and, and he's also Italian. So I think that helps as well. Um, so I'm just, I'm just glad to see that he's one of our, one of our bright spots, if not the biggest, you know, bright spot this season, uh, especially how I think things are going to go down. Um, he was, and you know, the signing itself was like broken up. The 16 mil was like broken up into, into parts, which is just, you know, you sit, talk a lot of shit about Juve, but the way we do deals is is pretty good. Um, balancing the books from year to year, uh, same like McKenny, you know, like loan, and then and then you pay, and then you pay in installments, and the same like Morata. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, what what do you think of uh, of this comment from Nima on Chiesa, the only Italian player currently with a raw talent good enough to win the Ballon d'Or? I'd say don't sleep on Andrea Petania. I mean, come on, man. No, but uh, I honestly, um, he he could be right. I mean, I, I'd like to to send out a homer shout to my guy Barella. I mean, it may be easier for a, an attacker to win Ballon d'Or, but I, I I would probably say that from what you see right now. Uh, th those are really the, the top two guys who would be on my list. Like as far as raw talent, potential to win Ballon d'Or. So you, if you make a great domestic run in a year, maybe with an international tournament, like if Italy can go deep in the Euros coming up, then uh, then yeah, I, I think that would probably be my short list, Jerry. I think Chiesa and Barella right now would probably be the only players, Italian players, I say, would have Ballon d'Or type of potential. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, especially, but I like Barella much more than Chiesa, just because of that comment right there. He doesn't fall. He doesn't. He doesn't try to draw fouls all the time. And, and I think that with Barella, he's really matured over the past year, where he doesn't look for that that in that kind of blatant foul. He he keeps running. He keeps going with the play, and he doesn't stop. And I think his overall game, his leadership, everything around him has just developed into a, a really complete game for him. And he's become more of a complete player. So uh, with Chiesa, I, I think that leaving Fiorentina was the biggest thing for him in his career. And, and another player that needs to leave Fiorentina is Gastrovilli. Yeah, I forget he exists. Like, I feel so bad. He's rotting there. I feel so bad for him. Everyone rots at Fiorentina. I hope everybody understands that. That team's a, is a is a, a, you turn into a walking dead corpse if you play for freaking Fiorentina. Okay, that that's that's what it becomes. I've always hated Fiorentina because their ownership. Thank you. I, I wish Jerry I were gonna get the Ballon d'Or. I wish uh, one day, but um, they, they gave out a Ballon d'Or for Nutella eating. <laughs> Come on, like what? What has been good about Fiorentina in the last maybe I don't know. I, I lost count. Like it's been so long that we remember them being at the top of the table or even trying to accomplish Europa League. Like they beat then, Juve a few times and then put it on a mug. Yeah, pretty That's much. True. I, I also put that on a mug. I was so happy when they beat Juve. It was three nil like, earlier this season. Like, <laughs> I've, I've got a Rocco Comiso mug on the counter. 
how many times can you can you hire a manager for a short term gap? Like you can't you can't just put a band aid over it and think that eventually things are all gonna heal and and, and be better. You need a, a manager now that has a long term vision that has an understanding and needs the backing from the ownership. Um, everyone thought that Rocco Camiso was gonna be this amazing guy who comes in and has the funds to put into the team. But since he's arrived, it hasn't got any better. If anything, it's like, it's car like, worse. like, like Rocco Comiso, when he came in, this guy said all the right things, right? Oh, I'm, I'm so ambitious. You know, we're going to do this, that, and the other, you know, unfortunately, like pretty much every, uh, every other owner who comes in for an Italian club, you know, failed bid to get a new stadium because they, they declare, you know, they declare all these disgusting, dilapidated stadiums to be landmarks. So oh, I can't build a, a new stadium, you know, which which really, really sucks. You know, the same thing happens, of course, in Roma. You know, and, and I keep my fingers crossed because every couple of days I read uh, in the Inter blogs about how close they are for Inter and Milan. They're going to partner for a new stadium. I've been reading these stories for like two years about how close they are to getting this done. So who knows? You keep your fingers crossed and you hope it happens. But no, I mean, when Comiso came in, you talk about the ambitions. You know, these are the transfer moves he wants to make. You know, these are the managers he'd like to sign. Maybe there's been some bad luck there because, like, every time every time they have a managerial opening, you know, at, at one point, uh, you know, before Gattuso wound up at Napoli, it was really looking for a few days, like, oh, he might end up at Fiorentina. Um, I, I think uh, a great manager for them, although he could probably do better uh, if and when he comes back from his hiatus, would be Luciano Spalletti, which would make a lot of sense for Fiorentina because he's – from the area he's got a house in florence you know he spends a lot of time feeding his duck out there i think he'd be a good fit for them uh but you know inter actually still hold his rights and and teams of the buyout for him is really expensive at least up to this point i think he's out of contract this coming summer but it's like comiso used car salesman because he says all, all the right things to excite the fan base you know fiorentina fans hated the dele valle brothers like poison when they sold the team to comiso there's like parades happening in the streets. Oh, things are going to be so much better. And things have only gotten worse. And it's not like it's because of the pandemic, Jerry, because like I, I was telling a few people my thoughts on it on Twitter. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, people look at kind of the chaotic state that uh, Inter's ownership might be in with Suning. But that's really all because of the pandemic. I mean, their trajectory was through the roof before the pandemic when their revenue went down the shitter. And they have to deal with, you know, the Chinese government that is not letting ownership groups from there invest in football. So Inter's problems, uh, I believe, you know, really stemmed from the pandemic, whereas Fiorentina, they were already on a downward spiral before the pandemic even hit. So you can't blame it on that. No, you can't. I'm actually just trying to look up their history of all the managers they've have hired in the last five years so I can get a good understanding of how stupid this club is and how dumb they are because... Uh, oh, let's not forget the magic hat, Beppe Iacchini. Yeah, Iacchini was Fratelli. what... Prendali, I, I just want oh, to before, see. Before that, it was um, Montella. Montella, Pioli. Pioli should never have left. I think that was the only saving grace they've had in the last. Uh, look, they have Paolo Sousa, Vincenzo Montella. Prior to that, uh, Vincenzo Guerini, Dalio Rossi, Sinisa Mahalovic. Like, probably the last good thing. And then you have Prendali, who was actually good at the time when he was actually with the team. But um, you know what, man? This team's a, a, a walking dead corpse, like I said earlier. I, I just don't like them. I think they could be headed down for City at B2 with uh, Torino. Who knows? Because yeah, it, it's not going well for them. And 
I want to say an off-topic thing, uh, Monica. You said that Juventus keeps their books in check. This is a team that lost ninety million last year. Okay, ninety million, and then the first six months this year lost one hundred and thirteen million. And then, is that their fault, though? I didn't. I didn't say they keep their books in check. I said. I said they they try to balance each year no, by no, doing no. by doing deals like that. Listen, they they paid like seventy million for Arthur to balance like Barcelona's book, and then they gave us like sixty million back for Pjanic, like. They do deals like that all the time to to you know balance at the at the end of the year or whatever whatever the finance situation is in that sense. First of all, there's a pandemic; everyone's gonna lose money. Right. Like, I mean, and you have Ronaldo. Like, how much debt is Real Madrid and Barcelona in? Yet they've won so much, and and like trebles. Uh, like I... you're gonna be in debt. Like, first of all, that's not even our problem. Like we're fans, number one. I like I don't even really like bringing up finances because you know it has nothing to do. Like first of all, we can't control anything. Like yeah, we can talk about it, but I mean, all the big teams are in debt. How I are love you gonna? It. I fucking love it. I love every single big team. But they win out, and 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 they win and they go on. They continue. Not, how much I... how much debt is in Barcelona in? Oh. How they're paying like five hundred million for Messi and their early or something? Are, like and, and I have no idea what's going on. Things, yeah. things are gonna be really bad for these teams. I don't think they're gonna be the same teams that you thought they were the last five but years. It's been going on for years. Real Madrid has been in debt for years. How are you not in debt with a team like that? It it, it will it, like it doesn't it doesn't matter when people are still injecting money into the club, right? No, I think that everything has its its peak and its period, and you'll you'll see that the decline will will eventually come. Everything ha- comes to an end. That's the rain will all come to an end. The dominance will only go for so long. Like it's happening. With- will be the only man left standing it's, when when every other look club at Milan. Milan's dominance stopped for so long. Inter having won for so many like years. Thanks it, for reminding it, me. Like I'm just being serious. Like it, all these good teams, they 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 hit a a, a brick wall. Yeah, where... but, but those cycles and you, like Liverpool cycle was a short cycle, but they yeah. did win. They did win everything that they needed to win in that short period of time. It's not that they don't have money anymore, though. Like it's gonna end regardless of the finances. Like every cycle comes to an end. Like like you're saying, right? But I don't think it has to do with you know f- directly in in like the finances of the team let me uh i, I want to get into uh to coo- to two things here before we wrap it up uh we, we haven't talked much about the uh the juventus lazio match so monica i want to get your thoughts on it It was uh Correa opening up the scoring for lazio one nil in the 14th minute uh and then uh you know things the pendulum was definitely swinging in juve's direction and all the rest of the scoring came from the juventus rabio at the 39th minute, found the equalizer. Uh, the second half, it was the Morata show. 57th minute from open play. Uh, 60th minute from the penalty spot. How'd you feel about the performance? Honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people said like best performance of the season. I don't see it at all. Um, I want to, you know, just shoot this out because in the first 15 minutes of of uh, like the games in Serie A this season. Juve has conceded five goals in the first 15 minutes, and that's just Serie A, because uh, we all know what happened in the in the first minute against Porto. Um, so 
in the in the entire last season, we've o- we only conceded two goals in the first 15 minutes of matches. You know, and we've we've already hit five goals like that. And you know, I think that's a that's such a big issue. If we're always needing to fight back in games, you're never gonna win anything that way if you yeah. always have to make a comeback. And like I don't know who that comes down to, like because we've seen a lot of individual errors. Uh, but because it's happening so frequent, every press conference Pirlo does post-match is is you know, we struggled in the first half, but then so and so forth. Like it you can't do that. You need to start start the game like from from minute zero focused and you know ready to go like i don't know if these guys don't think that that this is serious like i don't know if it's a if it's a joke like we want to try to win the the scudetto every match you know conte's telling his guys every match is the final and then you know we're giving the ball up like it's nothing like we can't protect the ball uh kusevsky's just another another issue to me but um the second half looked like a looked like a different team, um, so you know I give them credit for that. But you know, definitely not the best performance of the season um, by any means. Uh, maybe I maybe I'm you know maybe it's just me, but um, I thought for for the first half we didn't we didn't do anything and uh, we looked pretty much awful. Uh, I mean, after the goal, I think we stepped it up a little bit, but second half is where we made the difference and everything came on the counter, which I feel like, uh, <laughs> which I feel like um, is the only way Juve can get things going because, you know, we're not good enough. And I mean, it's a depleted Lazio team too. Everyone's right. everyone's talking about, you know, Lazio's better than Spezia. Sure, but they're missing like their, their center backs. Cherby's playing striker. Um, like lots of these missing on the other side. So I don't know if, if Lazio was that great of an accomplishment, to be honest. Uh, and the way they play, like, and they at that point conceded 32 goals and, and only scored 38. So they have a, like a plus six. So it would be embarrassing if we didn't score actually the way Lazio tactically sets up and they throw all their center backs forward, which I don't know why. But. Yeah, and, and and I got to tell you, and I, I mentioned I had uh, I, I I couldn't bet on the game because I'd emptied my account already for the day. Uh, the the what I would have bet on, Jerry, was actually both teams to score, uh, which because I, I was a little bit cagey about betting on a winner. I was certainly leaning to Juventus, and you kind of talked me to that. But I, I would have bet on both teams to score, and that was uh, that was a pretty easy W there. But you know, Jerry, I, I always respect the fact that. You take losses very well, right? I mean, you are you are a hardcore Lazio supporter. Care you less. celebrate you celebrate victories like uh, like like uh, I don't know, like like a great accomplishment. Like you, I I don't even know on it because there's nothing like Jerry Mancini celebrating a victory. Like you are you are the guy to celebrate with, but you also you take losses very gracefully, right? And and this one was no exception. How did you feel about Lazio's performance? You know what. I want to say, okay, so you see the counterattack when when Morata scores his first goal, right? I think it's his first one he scores. Now, it's two-on-one, and I think it's him and I forgot who's on the right side versus um, Wesley Hu. I guarantee you nine out of ten times he doesn't take that shot if Ronaldo's beside him on the right side. 
And this is where I say Ronaldo is not a very helpful team player to this team because it, it you said exactly before, everything is revolved around Ronaldo. And what happens is people don't play the, to their potential. They don't play to their skill set. They don't contribute to the team like everyone should. They're so they're, they're, they're timid. They're scared of not, not giving him the ball and padding his stats. So for me, not having Ronaldo on Saturday made made Marata much better. He made him be more dependable. He stepped up and scored a beautiful goal, and he wires it right by Peparena. Like, and then how much did it hurt Ronaldo not to take that penalty shot to 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 increase his stats? Even the announcer said it. The announcer even said it that oh, how much does Ronaldo hate the fact that he can't take that penalty because he can't add to his goal total. Like, I'm That's sorry. That's just a narrative, man. That's just a narrative. I, I don't agree. I don't agree, man. I, I think this guy he is wants so that capo Canonieri. He, You know what? They look like shit against Porto, okay? And, and, oh, we have Ronaldo, but it's not Ronaldo's fault. It's not Ronaldo's fault that our team is not better – it's not, and I know you're gonna say. Oh, okay, listen. How the, about the funds, how about the funds are all go, tied up? How the, about the we funds go, are all tied up though? I hate we go, that. We go luck. two nothing. We go two nothing down in Madrid, and then we come back home, and Ronaldo gets a hat trick to, to pass against Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I don't give a no, fuck what he did with Real Madrid. I don't give a fuck. That's uh, that was that was that, no that, that, that was, was fine. That was fine. Ronaldo too. You guys took this piece of shit from. But no, no, no. Listen, I'm talking about the Juve. The Juve match in his first season with us when we were down against Atletico, two nothing the first leg, and then he comes back to turn and just scores a hat trick, and this guy was just on. And, and what did like he accomplish after that? Yeah, but that's not the point. You know, you the can look at is, what no, absolutely listen, what did we accomplish? I, what did we accomplish in 2015, 2017 when we made it to the final and we lost? We accomplished the, the final. But we, we, we accomplished but if you're looking at what we've what we accomplished, at the end it's all the same, right? No, absolutely not, when you rather be in the final. No, absolutely. Exactly. But but you're you're <laughs> you're making you. the point where where you know Your everything is on everything is on Ronaldo. Everything, everything bad is on Ronaldo, but then we do something good, and and then like you're quiet about it. It's not I've Ronaldo anymore. This, I've never liked Ronaldo. I always hate this piece of shit. It doesn't matter who he played for. I think this guy's a scumbag. Okay. I, I, think I don't think. I don't toxic. think it's a fair. I don't think. I don't think it's a fair assessment. Sorry he's sucks. Toxic. I, I don't like sorry at all. And sorry I even, sucks. I think sorry was not bad. It's just that uh, he sucks. No, he didn't he have sucks. the backing. He's a system coach, no. a system coach, a pure system coach. He's a mid-table manager. Yeah, like no way. Sorry sucks. Okay, and we were so reliant on Ronaldo last year. Without him, we wouldn't have won anything. Him and DiBala had to save us so many times. Like that would have been Inter Scudetto as well already last year if it wasn't for those two. Okay, sorry sucks. And Allegri was at the end of his end of his like tenor, and everyone knew it. Everyone knew that it that it was the end for him, and he could only take the these this team so far. Like I mean, he made Mandzukic a left winger. I don't know what else he need to do, you know, to re rejuvenate this team to to try to push to try to push more, right? I I understand that, you know. I even said if Rabi Rabio in that position that he was in. If Ronaldo was on the field, he probably would have cut it back to some. He probably would have tried to cut it back instead of taking the shot. 
Like I'm right with you there. I'm right with you there. But saying that like we're we're bad and like all of these negatives are happening because of Ronaldo, I think is just too too much of a far stretch. I would sell him this summer, get him out of your team, invest in something better because you know what, man? It's time. He's, he's done. I would sell him without a question in this okay. summer. You, you I, can I, replace I, him with like three players. I mean, with the amount absolutely. of weight yeah. you replace him with a bunch of guys. You, 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 also, you also can't underestimate the, the – like I, I don't care about it. Obviously, we're fans. But it is a, much of a PR stunt, though. Absolutely. Like, you, you do have to – you know, that's the reality of it. And, you know, it has grown our club. You know, we don't care about that because we're real fans. And, you know, like we already know everything we want to know about this club. Um, and, you know, the branding of the logo and things like that. It was all – you know, for this, this, this particular reason. So, you know, I, I try to be a realist about it and be objective because I know there's other factors, not just, you know, this guy, we play differently with this guy, but um, like, I, I mean, it's hard to argue what you're saying because, you know, we do look like, it's just a fact that you look for Ronaldo, but then I mean, he produces, that's, that's the thing. Like even Morata after the game said, said we look for him because we know what he can do. I, I think that I, 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 think I want to know this is kind of fu funny this, this comment from our from our guy Trombach. In <laughs> India, people don't even know what the fuck is inventable. <laughs> like so so then like uh, obviously uh, he, he's a Real Madrid fan obviously uh but like do do you do you support an Italian club? Like uh, what is the most popular Italian club in India? I'm very curious. I mean Milan have won a ton of Champions League so maybe it's Milan. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say, like, if we have Ronaldo and push further in the Champions League, I think that'll be the difference. And I think that was the whole point of Ronaldo, right? I, I'm, with, I'm with Rui. I hope Porto wins to win. Smacks these fucking Juventinis out of this fucking championship. You know what? So the thing is, like, so, but hold on. Like, if, if, the scores. if the advantage of only having one competition is really so big, like should should I be rooting for Juventus to go through and then maybe lose in the oh, next? You round want them out, man. The Fuck these idiots. You don't want them getting that extra cash so they can fucking buy players. Oh, you're right. You're right. Plus, I want like, them I to fucking die. I'm sure Monica would say the same thing about Inter. But like, no. I I can't sit. I can't sit and watch Juventus hoping they win any game. Like I can't. Like even if it's like, oh hey, maybe maybe it's better if they go one round deeper. I can't sit in front of the TV and say, gosh, I hope. Hope Juve wins. Like I just can't do it. Like there, there are times, Jerry, when I've even when I bet on Juventus, and I still hope they lose. It's weird. I fucking hate Juventus. I hate Roma, and I hate Gasparini. And you know what? I, I I don't even hate Milan as much as I thought I did. But like, <laughs> since when? Everyone everyone hates Juventus. Since when? Because, Juventus, because Juventus, Juventus Twitter is terrible. Juventus Twitter is terrible. They're yeah, a fucking bunch of holy fuck, man. Yeah, I don't Juventus, even like Juventus oh, uh, Twitter sometimes. It's so bad. They make. They're toxic, man. I, I, you know what? They're worse than Roma fans because I, I thought that Roma fans were bad. They understand when they're shit. I feel they do. Like, they do they understand that. when they're shit. That's yeah. that's what I've noticed. And well, I mean, they've, they've been shit. That's that's why. They're, that's all they you know. know. Listen, Juve looks like Roma this season. You know, inconsistent, and that's just we don't deserve the scudetto. I think that's that's just it at the end of the day. Well, so, uh, uh, I will never change my opinion about Ronaldo. And you know what? 
the way I look at it, if you're going to give someone the ball 99.9% of the time in a game, obviously he's going to score every fucking time. You know what I mean, Alex? Like, seriously. Like, at the end of the day, look at Inter, okay? Look, what what does Lukaku do? He makes players better. He actually decides to pass the ball yeah. and make other players better. But that's that's Conte's tactic, so. No, no, it's not. Yes. It's not just tactic. Lukaku, it's a player who wants to make other listen, players better and Lukaku, buys into the system. Lukaku Ronaldo is, buys into his own system. Listen, Lukaku is the perfect player in Conte's system. No, we I've, I've watched true. Conte my like, you know, my entire, you know, I started watching Juve in general post Calciapoli because you know I'm just 25 right so that's just how the age went um but you know I watched Conte the entire time at Juve and he always needed a guy like Lukaku and he's gonna make other people better because that's his positioning on the field he holds the ball and his play with the second striker is is pivotal to anything that they do they need to link up at every time Lukaku touches the ball Look at Zlatan. He doesn't go for goals all the time. He passes the ball, and he's made players better since he came to Milan. Yeah, These he are has. prime players he who has, come though. in and buy into the system he's and always understand like yeah. Ronaldo is the manager of Juventus. Ronaldo is the manager of Real Madrid. Ronaldo is the manager of Manchester United. You know what? You know why he was so good at, at United? Because Sir Alex Ferguson knew how to control him. And you had to understand, like, to buy him into the system. What happened to Rafa Benitez when he got the sack at freaking Real Madrid? Because he didn't want to buy into Benitez's uh, formation. He he was so mad. I remember that, that uh, what was his name? Um, the, the manager of Real Madrid right now. Um, oh, Zidane. Zidane. I read, I read this out of their book, out of the Ronaldo book. He explicitly asked Ronaldo if he can take him off the pitch. You're the manager of the team. Who the fuck are you to ask who can come off and not? You come off when I tell you. I run the team. I make the decisions. I'm paid to make the decisions. You're paid to fucking play the game. So you play the game. You don't like it. There's a freaking door. That's the problem with Ronaldo. So yeah, no, man, that's gonna... what makes him that's what makes him a killer. No, that's what man. makes him a killer. That's, that's what makes him yeah, killer to kill teams. Yeah, exactly. He's a maniac. No man. No man. <laughs> Yo, you can't. You can't argue that. You can't argue that after every man. This they won like three Champions Leagues in a row. Come yeah, on. I don't give a fuck. That, that's okay, the past. Like, it's what about what can you do for me now? What can you do for me now? I'm, I'm you came tell, here with I'm the saying, price tag, and they didn't get better in Champions League. At the end of the day, the goal was no to get better. In Champions League. Is, is that his fault or is no that one is arguing? It is his fault. We, it is his fault. I absolutely agree. See, I think it's Juve's fault. I think it's Juve's fault, not exactly. his. Exactly. He's literally scored every single goal of our of our knockouts, and it's not even that we looked for him. Like we've been shit, shit. No, I, 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 I'm sorry, Alex. You're I'm telling afraid. me we can't, we can't pass against Ajax and Leon. Yeah, we, well, we, obviously we're can. awful. We're you, awful. You're awful because you're one-dimensional. Because you're thinking pass to Ronaldo, and that's it. There's no game plan because you guys are so timid about this guy that you have to give him the ball. You have to think, oh, Ronaldo first. When there's five other players you can give the ball to, I hate it. I don't, I don't. You know what? There's so many elite players that are not. I score first before my team. Like, every are they team- are they pure strikers though? Are they pure strikers? Messi is Messi is a creative 
midfielder, basically. Okay. So he's not going to be like, give me the ball and I'm ready to pounce type of thing. So obviously he's going to create for other people. But you're telling me Messi plays defense? You're telling me Messi wouldn't get mad if he gets substituted? Come on. He plays as a substitute. He started as a substitute this season. What are you talking about? He's come off the bench starting in games. In in he, in what game? In what in what games? They must have not been significant. No, he comes off. And you're the saying bench this off. To. And you're saying this off of a match that Ronaldo just benched. Just was benched. I I, I know before, what before before a really important game. For me, if you're gonna spend someone exactly Nima Nima shout out Nima. Messi walks on the pitch, and he's right. <laughs> and also. Uh, it's it, and and Messi hates his club now. I mean, I mean, Messi Messi is being held hostage by that club. He hates that club. Uh, I just don't. I, they need to sell him. Get this piece of shit out of there because it's nice to have a scudetto with him. But um, I don't, your, your I, I'm, argument is not entirely wrong. I just like that's that's I, what I, I think. That's what me and Alex are trying to say. You know, yeah, like, like I, I think I think it, it's it's more of a of a, a Juventus problem when it comes to the help and support he gets on the pitch, and also with the game planning by Pirlo. I, I think that's what leads to that problem. I, I don't think it's as much of a CR seven problem as it is a Juve problem. But I want to go over one more thing, guys, uh, before we wrap it up. So of course uh, we're we're doing this. Uh, this is live, of course, for those in the chat right now here on. Monday evening. Uh, this is, you know, a few hours after Inter got their massive, massive result against Atalanta, a 1-0 victory to go back six points atop the table uh, in front of Milan, uh, in front of uh, Juventus, who have a game in, in hand who are 10 points back. Uh, you know, I, I said it earlier, and I'll reiterate it, there's a lot of football left to play. There are 12 match days left in Serie A. But what do you think the results of the weekend? Because certainly uh, – Inter fans had uh, had the sphincters a little tight heading into the Atalanta game because with Juve and Milan both picking up victories, you know it certainly put the pressure on on Inter to hold serve and stay six points atop the table. This was a really big hurdle to go over. So I mean, Jerry, first and foremost, what do you think about the Scudetto race? Is it Inter's to lose clearly in your mind, and how do you see it playing out? Absolutely, it's theirs to lose. That's it. They they beat. Some of the best clubs that they had to already in the in the first quarter of the second half, and I, I just think the ball's in their in their court now. When they play Juventus again, I don't see Inter losing against them personally. I think they're so dominant in every aspect of the game that it, it's going to be really hard for Juventus even to to, to beat them. Midfield, they're outmatched. At defense, they're outmatched. At forwards, I think they're outmatched too. So. I think that this team doesn't have to really worry about other than the Scudetto. And the gap is so, so wide that even if Inter does drop a game, it won't really hurt them as much. Whereas other teams really need to continue to win and, and not lose any ground. So it's it's interesting to lose right now. I'm actually really, really shocked that Nima says, I'm calling it Inter winning the Scudetto. I've seen the light. All hail Supreme Leader. Ayatollah Conte. I, I'm really shocked because uh, Nima keeps me grounded because every time Inter go into a big match, he's he's predicting losses or draws at best. Uh, you know, he has been saying all season long, uh, Juventus not Inter will win a Scudetto or maybe Milan, but not Inter winning a Scudetto. 
this man's voodoo, because I, I know he loves Inter, but like any Interista, he's got PTSD, right? So he gets very pessimistic. But his voodoo of predicting terrible things to happen all the time has actually had like a reverse jinx power on Inter, and it's made Inter better this year. I don't want to see Nima giving up on the voodoo. Like, Nima, please, put the genie back in the bottle, man. I don't want to see you talking about Scudetti. I don't want to see you, like he just said. It's I, over. I, hack Nima's account here. He says it's over. No, <laughs> don't do it. If Nima is declaring it over, Inter are going to go 0-12 the rest of the season. Like They're, they're not going to collect another point. All You realize what you're doing, Nima. They're not going to collect another point. All season long, dear God, I can I can I boot him from the chat? I don't know enough about how to work this thing. If I can kick him off this thing, but uh, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Monica, about uh, Inter's position coming out of the weekend? Oh, it's a hundred percent theirs to lose, and uh, this was a massive a massive win. Um, I, I thought that if they if they lost for sure, wide open, um, even a tie, I still felt you know confident in. And Inter, you know, you can't give Conte a week to prepare for a match. Like, you just you just can't. And if they fluff their lines, that'll be, you know, a massive disaster. Um, it's theirs to lose for sure. And I know Jerry mentioned, like, uh, the, the game directly, Juve-Inter. And, I mean, if Juve play the same way we did in the first, in the first match, pushing so high up and uh, committing, over-committing, Oh, we're we're done for because, you know, that's Inter's bread and butter. Like, they're just counterattacking the crap out of teams. Um, so I mean, for sure, if we don't win against Inter directly, I don't even know when that game is. Closer to the end of the season, right? Yeah, Clear, yeah. Probably, so, I, I, I want to say I want to say probably like late April. I don't know. Close to the end of the season. I mean, Juve has a decent run until I think April. We we have lesser opponents, but. You know that doesn't even make me feel confident because you know we tied to the last place team um and you know like benevento and stuff so uh i expect nothing from juve um i think it's it's interest to lose and, and then you know if they slip up that's when teams can can have their go but uh yeah interest to lose 100 percent yeah, I mean, even uh, I'm I'm very conservative with my expectations. Jerry knows that, uh, but I I was really thinking, heading into today, that this would be a massive result, and I, I can start to dream a little bit if they could get all three points against Atalanta. It uh, it obviously was not easy. It was not pretty. Um, you know, I, I could see how some maybe thought Atalanta deserved more in this game, but Inter were the more clinical side. They defended very well. And, uh, and I make no apologies for ugly victories. You know, I, I thought that over, over the seven-game winning streak in the league, uh, Inter have had some dominant performances. They played beautiful football. They they were clinical against Milan. They were, you know, clinical against Lazio. So you, you can forgive them if they don't look uh, like an absolute powerhouse against Atalanta. It's still a massive, massive result despite that. So, yeah, I, I, I want to – Start wrapping it up on this note. Uh, just a huge thanks. We had a really, really lively chat tonight, which is awesome. And I especially appreciate it because, um, you know, we probably should have even done a, a better job that uh, announcing that we were going live. Uh, you know, we did tell some people shortly before. So it's cool that everyone came in. And, you know, for those of you who maybe hopped in kind of late, um, tomorrow uh, we will post this into an audio only. Well, actually, and, and even right after this, you can watch the replay on YouTube. So you can... As soon as we're done and we put this uh, we put this up on YouTube, you can rewatch it right away. 
And then the audio format's going to be released tomorrow. And uh, I want to send a huge thanks to Monica. It's always nice to bring on a new guest and, uh, and get to know someone new. And uh, if the Juventus perspective, I, I think, was awesome from you. Uh, so uh, let, let people know where they can find you and where they can find your show. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Monica Lariola. And um, I just recently started a podcast um, kind of tuned into uh, specifically Juventus. Um, so that's called Rejuvenation, uh, spelt like exactly how the word is spelt. Um, and I'm mostly on YouTube working on other ways to to get the content out. But uh, if you go to my Twitter, you'll find uh, a bunch of uh, stuff there. Awesome and, stuff. and thank you for, for having me on. Oh, it's um, it's our pleasure. It's our. Pleasure. I enjoyed the yelling match between Jerry. That was a lot of fun. I mean, just, just, like, he wasn't throwing jars of Nutella at you. You got off easy. You got off really easy. Uh, and no, and it was great having you. You did an awesome job. You don't even need to thank us. We're we're, we're thanking you. That that was great. Uh, you know, Jerry, you're writing for like a hundred different websites. I love dude. So over over the past year, I have been gradually, subliminally turning Jerry into an interista. He's actually been turning me into a Laziale. It's like we're almost like trading clubs, right? Because like we rub off on each other in that way. And, and so, Jerry, you, you're even you're writing for Intersights. Like you called me this afternoon. I'm on my way home from work, and you're talking about this piece that you're writing for Serpents of Madonina, like a post game wrap up uh, of Inter Atalanta. I'm like, they got you writing about Inter now. You're writing for Inter blogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario actually helped me out to join the site, and uh, when I when I watched the odd. Uh, Inter game, I don't mind writing about them. It's more of my father is an Inter fan as well. And I uh, actually FaceTimed him yesterday. And funny enough, he was wearing his Inter sweater. And uh, all his life, he's been an Inter fan. And all of a sudden, I asked him, why are you wearing your Inter shirt all of a sudden? Oh, who's in first place, he goes to me. I was like, you piece of shit, man. I go, all of a sudden, you want to watch them, eh? He goes, yeah, well, winning cures everything, I guess, eh? Freaking talk about that. My father actually used to be a goalkeeper in Italy. So he, he grew oh, really? up, actually. Yeah, my, my father was a goalkeeper. And I remember growing up, he would always take me to his games here. And uh, he used to be a goalkeeper here as well. So, yeah, my father is a uh, class act funny guy where – He'll pop out the inter shirt out of nowhere and he'll just he just stared at me and he just started laughing and I was like fuck. Dude, sure. my, my my dad is an interista as well. He is fair weather. Like dur during the banter era, this guy was nowhere to be seen. Like he not paying any attention to matches during the banter era, and then in the Sooning era, he got kind of rejuvenated a little bit. Uh, and and now like uh, and now and now he's super uh, he's superstitious. Like he he doesn't watch games live. Because he's convinced if he watches the game live, they're going to lose. So he does. He only watches the games on tape delay. He's very superstitious. So I know. I know it's all bad, but my father knows that Juventus is winning and losing. And like when he tells me that, where's Juventus in the standings? And he goes, where's Inter? I, you know the banter's coming out. I, I love it. Did, did he give you shit about Lazio? Like, does he banter Lazio? No, the best was when we watched Hellas Verona versus Juventus earlier in the year, and he told me that Juventus was going to win the game because they, they had referees in their pocket. You oh, don't have to. You don't I have was to. My pants. My father said that. I said you don't have to banter Lazio because they don't do anything significant. Well, hey man, when your owner's cheap, what are you going to do, man? He, he's he's I'm just saying, right? No one, <laughs> no one rips the 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 teams that are not winning, right? Everyone focuses on the winners, right? 
hey, you know what? We are a winner. We have a McDonald's coming, okay? We're going to be the first soccer team to, to establish a McDonald's, okay? That's where our income is going to be coming from. Just remember that, okay? I mean, Mobile will now get lifetime supplies of freaking quarter pounders and Big Macs, okay? Just remember that. It's like a great pregame meal. He's going to be shitting all over the field. <laughs> what is that? What, do I call <laughs> what a what a pregame meal. Uh, <laughs> He's got IBS on the field. Oh, oh man. man. Oh man. Well, well, J- Jerry, uh, let the people know uh, where they can find your work. You know, you're on on Twitter at jmancini8. Where's the best place to find your writing? Uh, the Laziale at the moment. That's where most of my work is at the moment. You guys can find me uh, at Alex Dono on Twitter. And for those watching, you can see the handle there. And uh, and I, I do a lot of uh, audio work in addition. In addition to this show, I do a, da- a daily show. I do a uh, I do a daily show, primarily talking North American sports at OnSideRadio.com. You guys can listen. I, I do talk some culture on there occasionally, uh, but mostly American sports at OnSideRadio.com. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun. Huge thanks to Monica. I got a question, Nima. Do you sleep? He doesn't sleep. I, I'm telling <laughs> what you. What is it like? Was it three o'clock there or four o'clock? I think there's six hours ahead of us, so it's like Holy it's four God. in the morning. I, he he God. sleeps. I think from five in the morning to six in the morning. Like he, he's, he's a vampire. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Did he sleep. He doesn't sleep. Four a.m. Oh God. It's four a.m. Oh. God. He says sleep oh. is overrated. Overrated. <laughs> you know, should we? By, by the way, by the way, should should we, Jerry? Do you think we can make Monday the day? Because we like we kind of just do this whenever the fuck we feel like it. asking if if this is weekly. Like I, I don't know. Like sh- should we make Monday like the day for the live stream? Because because we do like we do so, like one live episode a week and one taped one a week. Maybe we can make Monday the live day because I I definitely do not want to do. Tuesday, because our buddies Frank and Richard do the Serie A sit down, and uh, so they already have every like they have all anyone who's watching this is probably locked in on that on Tuesdays. So maybe we can make Monday our day. I don't know. No, that's fine. I'm looking forward to Nima's next episode podcast. I, I like to hear what he has to say about Inter, uh, if because he's going to get barraged by uh, Carlo and uh, John. Well, I, if you, I if you hear, right if now. you hear him, if you hear him on on that show. Uh, this great uh, podcast he has. Very, it's excellent. Very good podcast. The, the Italian football show. If you hear him like proclaim a scudetto, then I, I'm going to drive to Sweden. <laughs> you know, I'm going to drive across the Atlantic Ocean. I'm going to beat him up because I don't want him predicting scudetti for Inter. I want him to stay humble. I actually recommend subscribing to his Patreon because he gets yeah. really good interviews. Um, there's a lot of patrons that provide you content of stuff that you can find every day on a regular podcast that shouldn't be charged whereas Nima and Carlo these guys actually get real people that are willing to provide you some decent content and I find that with his podcast you actually learn something so that's why yeah. it's worth actually paying for I don't I don't need to pay for a podcast that doesn't actually uh doesn't offer me more insight it's the, actually the only podcast I listen in a whole week other than Forza Napoli podcast for Joel and Ruiz, like people and, and people yeah. who I actually support on this platform. But for how hard it is, I probably listen to a handful. I'll be honest. And um, yeah, I, I recommend subscribing to it. All right. So that'll do it for this episode. Huge thanks to everyone who took part in the chat. 
Huge thanks to Monica, to Jerry. I'm Alex. We'll talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Culture Connection Podcast. Ciao.